Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Let's go straight now to Sam Hyde, political researcher and writer. The big question is, will Netanyahu be able to focus on his trial and the war at the same time? Sam, please, thank you so much for joining us. Please, would you let us have thank you your thoughts? Me. Thank you. Well, look, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest and, uh, and be frank about it. I don't think Netanyahu has been able to really run the country prior to the war. And right. focus on his trial. I mean, the the entire reason and why the country uh, got into the division that it was in, the entire reason why uh, he tried to upend the judiciary, everything that went into it, as well as aligning himself with factions he previously, a decade ago, had had himself denounced. Yes, everything went into this personal interest of his. I think that you know, uh, at the end of the day, what's probably going to land up happening is sometime in mid-January at the latest is we're going to initiate in a, into a lower phase or a lower intensity phase of the war anyway. But I don't think you know. I think like a lot of arguments are being made that says he can't really run the country or run the war while the trial's going on. Uh, but I don't I, I, that argument doesn't really hold water because he hasn't been able to do that basically in the last year since he has been elected. I mean, right now we have 150,000 displaced people, which the only reason they're not homeless is because of Israeli civil society. There's still to this day no government measures in place helping essentially internal Jewish refugees from the kibbutzim both up north and south. Right. So, so we haven't really had a functioning country. Uh, if it wasn't, basically, if it wasn't for the Israeli people and Israeli civil society organizations and other kibbutz, kibbutzim, uh, allowing and, and setting up uh, facilities for, for those, eva- uh, for, for the evacuees, uh, you know, that's just one example of many that I'm giving you. But, but basically, we haven't had a functioning government or a functioning prime minister before October 7th and certainly after October 7th. Right. What, what should happen then? Well, I, look, I mean, it, it is definitely a tricky situation because one does need uh, unity, um, not uniformity, but unity yes. within a time of crisis, which we're definitely are experiencing within Israel. And there's no doubt about the issues that will arise from this. I mean, a lot of what was geared towards um, Netanyahu's corruption trial was that more extreme factions in the ultra-Orthodox parties and as well in the Datilumi, the religious Zionist camp, were basically able to leverage Netanyahu um, and the situation that he found himself in to get gains for their own political program, which is largely not shared by the majority of the country. Right. So, for example, what you're seeing, what you, what was actually going to happen in the week of October 7th, for example, is the Haredi parties were putting forward a bill to exempt themselves permanently from any military service. Yes. We've at the, at, at the institute that I work at, the Jewish People Policy Institute, have been tracking Haredi public opinion since the start of the war, since October 7th. And while it is true that there's been 450 voluntary Haredi recruits, still over 90% of Haredim after the war want basically to get their exemption despite the war. And all these divisions and political divisions and political worldviews still exist. So in a way, you run the risk of really um, 
collapsing the one thing that is holding the country together, which is not the government, but is the collective uh, collective Israeli people is essentially holding the government together. I'm not concerned about whether the government will function or not, because in my opinion, they haven't been functioning. Uh, my concern is what, what damage it does to the collective. Granted that a majority of the people, a vast majority, don't think that, for example, the Haredim should be exempted and there should be equality with that. And the vast majority of Haredim do think they should be exempted. And this all comes into, you know, it's not only Netanyahu's trial, but it's also the, the second court ruling is whether they're the first bill they passed, the reasonableness clause, as part of their first uh, judicial reform package, uh, holds up to scrutiny, and right. this is all part of it. So, so you you can't you can't necessarily it runs the risk of creating an environment in which we saw pre October seventh uh, in the country yes. amidst a war. So that that brings us to my next question: How close are we to those divisions reemerging? Um, look, the divisions are all still there. I mean, right. you know, in in some in some capacity, this is at least what the polls are indicating, right? I mean, anything can happen after the war; things can change. Israel's a very dynamic country. But look, I mean, even before even before the war, you had a majority of the, of the country that were not in favor of this judicial reform, at least not in the capacity in which it was being passed or what its ingredients was, let's say, right. or for the reasons it was being passed. Um, but you've had a majority then. You've got more of a majority now. There's there's interesting things happening in the polls in the sense of, like, you've got what we call bibistim, the people who are not even Likud voters, but they're bibi voters. So if, if, if Netanyahu had to move to a far left-wing party, they'd probably vote for the far left-wing party just because he was there. Right. Um, and you've got them who are, are kind of in the polls unchanged and refuse to blame put any of the blame for October 7th on him but mm. you've got a you got basically Netanyahu dropping in the mandates from 32 seats what which what he won to uh, between 15 to 17 okay. but all these ideological divides are still there they still exist it's all still evident in the polls they're still coming back there's a lot of a lot to sort out in the country and there's even more to sort out in the country now because basically the country was being driven um, by, by you know, two fractional ideologies and political programs, which which don't serve the large-term interests of the Israeli people, and one could even say the Zionist project, if you had to get into the weeds of it, um, you know. But I think Israelis have been have somehow uh, been the opposition has somehow been actually fairly responsible. I mean, when you look at, for example, the budget that was passed yes. recently. The, I mean, there was there was some real real dodgy stuff in that budget. For example, when it came to certain things uh, with regards to the West Bank settlements or the Haredi education system. I mean, there was an increased amount of money given to these things at the same time as you've got reports of the Miluim, basically the reserve soldiers, yes. you know, loan soldiers, basically saying, I I'm not getting paid enough. I can't fill my fridge when I come back on the weekends, and so Israel's going to go into a into a, a, a political battle, not necessarily over ideology, but over priorities. And right. it needs to prioritize: is it going to endlessly fund 
kind of religious institutions who don't contribute to the to the cornerstone of the Zionist value, which is sovereignty and state building, and of course security, which is now becoming even more of a yes. of a of a rallying point since October seventh, or is it actually going to commit itself to what the what the what the state of Israel was kind of founded upon, which was a sovereign Jewish democratic state, mm. which which largely stood for equality between the people. But increasingly over the last few years, as the countries drifted maybe more rightwards, yes. there's been a there's been a drifting inequality with regards to kind of. The, the, Im- the input that is expected, let's say, of certain parts of the population, right? The, uh, and and mm. the uh, in comparison to the output that other people that other parts of the population get, uh, and in return expected of very little input. That's really mm. where it comes down to. That's what the ideological right. divide divide is: a sense of unfairness, a sense of. Well, we have to go to the military, and to, there's other people equal, who don't have to yeah. go to the military. So they're looking for yet, level playing yeah. fields, effectively. So looking for mm, level playing yeah. fields, so, and, and that's yeah. what it will come down to. That's what the the risk uh, is. Priorities. Right. Sam, thank you so much. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. We would love to be able to continue chatting to you. There was Sam Hyde, political researcher and writer. The question is: Is Netanyahu able to focus on his trial? and the war at the same time. 